Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the show. I hope you are having such a great week. I am flying high. Can you tell I'm excited right now? Like, I mean, I'm usually at like an eight to a 10, but I feel like I'm at an 11 today because I just got off of the recording with our guest for today and we had the most lovely time and the way I'm just so excited to bring you in on this. Um, so I like recently, there've been a lot of changes happening on Pinterest. And to be honest, I have been so busy with everything else that I have not had a chance to really dig into it yet and hear what's really going on and what that might do to affect strategy on Pinterest. And in my, um, research, I was looking for um, a Pinterest expert to come on. And the the lovely gals at Simple Pin Media who typically come on, um, we are still the best of friends. They are just swamped right now because of the changes that are happening. And they were like, we need to just press pause on this for now. And that is totally cool. I am sure we will hear from them again. But in the meantime, I'm like, okay, well, maybe, um, maybe there is someone else who can chat with us about kind of what's happening in the thick of it right now um, and would know really specifically how it would affect Etsy. And so that was a curiosity to me. And then on top of that, I've really been wanting to find for you guys like a, a, a Pinterest course that would be um, really helpful for our Etsy shops because I love the Pinterest course that I've recommended for years. It's like Perfecting Pinterest by Sophia Lee. And it's the one that I took for blogging. And it's really good. Like you can apply it easily, but it's, it is really written for bloggers. And so I don't know, part of me is like, do I need to just a, like write a course that's like Etsy Pinterest specific, but I've just got, there's, it's going to be some time before I can do that. So in my search, I'm like, okay, we need a podcast guest and I need a course. And I found, Emily Vales, who is our guest for today. And I immediately, I found her on YouTube. I immediately loved her. Um, just her style, her transparency, her like very, her generosity with information. It was just like ticked every box that I have for who I feel comfortable sharing with you guys. And then when I actually got on video with her, I was just, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, um, uh, we have so many amazing guests who come on here, but you know, like Jenny from the shop who does print on demand, she and I've become like really good friends. Like it was just that instant click that was just as much personal as professional, which is so lovely. So let me tell you a little bit about Emily. Former teacher turned Pinterest marketing and ad strategist, Emily thrives off diving into her clients' data and analytics to create personalized strategies that will ultimately turn their traffic into profit. When she's not obsessing over how she can take her clients further with their marketing strategies or educating her students on how to take their businesses to the next level with Pinterest, she's chasing around three sweet little girls or spending time with her husband. After feeling called to be at home with her kids and leaving the teaching world, she can finally say she's living the work at home mom life. 
<laughs> that she thought was only in her dreams. Oh my gosh, it's just as down to earth as she is. It just gives me the chills. I love it. So we are going to chat about um, her background and kind of some of the things happening on Pinterest right now and some good strategy for um, Etsy on Pinterest. And to be honest, we kind of even went off script. We like we didn't even hit half the questions I had for her, but it was so um, meaty and, and, and like there were some really cool like technical things that she shared. So this episode of all, it's like really important to me that you guys share your feedback about this. And if this was just like perfect, you love it, you want more, or if it felt kind of over your head um, and you would like to um, have us do like a follow-up episode that maybe shares a little more generally about Pinterest, let me know. But And I'll mention this later in the episode, but I am going to link the first um, Pinterest episode we did with Simple Pin Media from Tabby over there. She did a lot of like base discussion about Pinterest. So if you're like really, really, really new to Pinterest and you're just like for the first time checking it out, you might want to start with that episode. It might help you to like go into the show notes, click the the tabby episode. And that's her name. I love that. Um, and that could be a good place to start. But anyway, I'm just vibrating. I'm so excited. So you know what? Let's dig into it. I always love a good Pinterest conversation. Help me welcome Emily to the podcast. Emily, hey, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lizzie. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited you're here. And um, just to like tell everybody, Emily and I, like the the way it took me 17 minutes to hit start on this recording because I just couldn't stop gabbing with her. We're already having so much fun. So we're just like, you know what? We need to bring you guys in on it. I'm so glad we were able to connect and I found you and we are desperate for some like Pinterest advice right now. Like we, there's so many changes happening. We need you to hold your hand. Yes. <laughs> well, I am one of those people where somebody asks me one question about Pinterest and then they get far too much information and their eyes might start to glaze over. So I'll try to control myself. But <laughs> I love all things Pinterest and I am happy to help you and your audience navigate those Pinterest changes as best as possible. And I will say Pinterest is one of those platforms where, like you mentioned, we were talking uh, before you hit play here. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where I, I've noticed that it takes some time. They'll, they'll make these announcements and they'll make these grand plans. And I love Pinterest, but sometimes it takes it a little bit of time on their end to kind of roll them all out. So we can talk about how to navigate that and depending on, you know, what people are seeing on their accounts and what to expect <laughs> that we're going to see uh, here in the future. Sometimes Etsy's the exact same way where like there's this big announcement and we're all like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like what are we going to do? But then it takes like four months for it to even hit our account. So I actually think it's an advantage though. Like, yeah, we're kind of like, come on guys, but having the time to plan and know and not have the get hit over the head with it's kind of helpful. Well, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's what I'm experiencing to a certain extent right now with Pinterest is that, you know, they, they, they mentioned this change in May and uh, we can get into some more of the details, but essentially the change that they announced in May, they had kind of shared about originally in December. And it was like this waiting game. And I don't want to get too in depth because I want to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can we can start with some more introductory topics, but essentially it was like all about idea pins and people waiting for uh, the link, the promised link for our idea pins. And so we got that this mm. spring and then they announced that they were going to do away with idea pens. So it's just kind of thrown everybody for a loop. But like you said, I think that people have 
been able to kind of mentally prepare for these changes and what that's going to look like with their strategy. So it was kind of nice to have that preparation, even if it wasn't, you know, into like immediate effect. I'm going to have to try so hard not to ask you so many technical questions. I'm going to behave myself, Emily. I really am. Uh, this is, it's just too much fun for me. So, okay. Yes, you're so right. Let's, let's start at the beginning because I don't know. I did not know you until recently and immediately had the biggest like crush, uh, like friend crush on you, like, uh, or what is it? Like fellow entrepreneur crush, um, because you are just so kind and so friendly and so knowledgeable. But like, let's, I'm not sure, I'm not sure who knows you and who doesn't. So like, we have to let that cat out of the bag. Tell us your story. How, who are you? How did you get into the Pinterest space? Like how, how, oh, and then also you're the only person I've seen on YouTube really talking about Pinterest as it relates to Etsy, because I know you've got some Etsy clients. So I would love to know how that happened too. Like if it was happenstance or if it was like you wanted to pursue the platform particularly. Yeah. So I'm cracking up when you said that about the girl crush, because I don't think I even mentioned this to you before <laughs> we did hit play, but I know I had actually shared with you. I do have lots of clients who um, utilized, I've had clients in the past who've utilized Etsy. I have current clients who use Etsy and have an Etsy shop, but I have toyed with the idea. I don't actually have my own Etsy shop. I do feel, you know, like I have a really good handle on how to help my clients market their Etsy shops on Pinterest, but I don't have my own shop. So I actually, when, like I said, when you're talking about a girl crush, I'm cracking up because I started listening to binging actually your podcast last summer. And no. I, yes, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't tell you that. that. I didn't even know who I was. You're kidding me. No, yes, I, yeah, I really did. And I was really, I really have wanted to start an Etsy shop. And I have to be honest, I ended up starting a YouTube and then I already had digital products. I opened a Shopify store. And so I've cool. been adding things onto my business. And so I, I think I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I kind of have bitten off a lot here and I need to chew. <laughs> so that's kind of what I've been working on, but I'm cracking up because I totally had been following you and listening to your podcast and um, you were who I was going to for my Etsy information. So um, the feeling was mutual. <laughs> oh, I'm so tickled. I can't believe you saved that for when we were recording. Like, I almost want to cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Well, you know what? It's so funny when you have somebody tell you that they've been like listening or following. I don't know how you feel, but in some ways in my business, even though I've had it for five years, sometimes I still feel like I'm like, Oh, like people actually do listen to this or <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, at least that's how I feel. So anyways, yes, I, I have been a big fan, but um to getting to my story. So I actually I did start my business five years ago. You mentioned that you did social media management, which I had no idea that you um did social media. That's how I started. But I originally I'm formerly a teacher. So I taught kindergarten for three years and I taught second grade for half of a year. And then what really spurred me to look into, you know, really changing careers was when I had my first daughter and I sat down with my husband, we looked at our financial situation and I said, you know, I, I was still pregnant at the time. I was like, I just, I kind of knew in the back of my mind that when I had her, that I was going to feel differently and that it was going to be really hard for me to leave her. And so I actually did talk to the school and they were amazing. They said, you know what, you can work 
um, part-time. You can come in three days a week instead of five, which is unheard of. But um, yeah. I did have a co-teacher and the co-teacher was going to be that consistency on the days I wasn't there. And so I had this plan worked out, but then because I was going to be coming back part-time, I was going to lose um, like health benefits. And oh. then it just kind of, once I, you know, I was going to lose health benefits. And then we started looking into like daycares and childcare. And then, you know, we want to send her to, you know, around here, like one of the best daycares is like the Goddard. And oh my goodness, it is insane. It's thousands of dollars a month. And I was not just going to be breaking even to work. I was actually going to be losing money to continue on my job. We were like, you know, as much as I loved my students, and I, I had this, this deep guilt, honestly, for leaving because they were in, I taught in an urban setting and a lot of them had experienced trauma and things that just made uh -huh. their little lives, you know, it was things that children should never have to experience. It was really tragic and they would come to school to feel safe. And I felt like, you know, like this maternal instinct kind of beyond like, uh, you know, a teacher for them. And so it, I felt really torn and it was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made not to return. But at the same time, I'm like, I couldn't justify losing money. I'm like, you know, we had just bought a house and honestly, <laughs> we did not think through some of these things. And so I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, I just, I couldn't do it. And so, you know, they did have the consistency of the other teacher and I knew that they were going to have her. And so that gave me a lot of peace with the decision. So I, I decided not to return and fast forward eight months, I found out about this freelance course and it taught me everything I needed to know to really start as a virtual assistant. And so I did some PA work and I loved it. And it, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what I wanna do. But I knew that really to scale your services and your business was to um, niche down to one specific area, which is why I went and really kind of for a whole year, put my head down on social media management. But after a year, Lizzie, I don't know how you felt. I oh, was so, so hard over it. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to post another story. I don't want to like another picture. I don't want to respond to another direct message. It was not... It was not my jam, which is funny because now if anybody has, like, if you were to go to like one of my social media handles now, you'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about, Emily. You love you some social media because <laughs> I do a lot for my own business, but to have to do it for other people and do it like so yes. many stories a day and stuff, it would, it kind of felt draining to me. And by kind of, I mean, it, like, I did not like Completely. it at all. Yeah. And I'm like, if I have to do this to work from home, like, I don't want to do this. So <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not for me. And so around that time is when, and we're getting to Pinterest now, I had a client and she had, um, she started selling on Etsy, her business originally. And then she opened up a Shopify. I don't think I told you this either. She opened up a Shopify website where she was also selling her handmade products, but she sold bows for little girls. And oh. I had an 18 month old girl and I was like, I loved her business. I loved her. We had a lot of things that we aligned on. And so that's really how I got started with Pinterest. And she was the kindest person. She was like, I don't know anything about Pinterest. I know you don't know anything about Pinterest, but she was like, I will be your guinea pig. And she was like, I have $200 a month to give you. Like, and so that's what I started charging in the beginning. I started charging $200 a month for Pinterest. 
And <laughs> she got, I learned, I got paid to learn. And um, I was really for, I would say like the whole first year, I was just self-taught with Pinterest marketing. And since then I've taken courses, memberships, things like that. But um, I fell in love with it. And so since then that was, let's see, that was in 2019. And that summer I quickly pivoted. I let go of all of my social media clients and I just put my head down on Pinterest. And where the Etsy came in was interesting. I don't know that I was necessarily seeking out um, Etsy shop owners per se, but since I was a teacher, I was attracting a lot of teachers. And it was funny because I never said that my ideal client is a teacher, but they were just naturally drawn to me. And so a lot of them actually had a TPT store. And then a lot of them, not only would they have TPT, they would have their TPT. And for people who don't know, that's teachers pay teachers. And then they also had, a lot of them had their own website. And then they would also have an Etsy shop. So they kind of had this diversified way of attracting different people. And so um, I really started learning more about marketing those Etsy products. And it was kind of an interesting way to get started too, because I wasn't just focusing on Etsy, but kind of integrating these other places. And it could, it was a little challenging in some ways because you're also dividing up their Pinterest traffic too, when you're sending it to these different places. So that's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we just had to, we paid attention to what pins were performing best for them. And, um, you know, everybody's strategy, depending on their content, their products, it all looks a little bit different, but, um, since then, like I said, I've worked with other types of, um, Etsy shop owners who have, you know, sold handmade things or artwork. And, um, but I would say most of my Etsy shop owners have actually been teachers though, and they're selling their digital resources on Etsy and, and they do well, they sell them on all three of those places, TPT, their website, and even Etsy. So I think that is so interesting. Oh, I'm so sorry. I think we got like a bit of a lag, (laughs) but that was, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was, I was done anyway. So (laughs) Um, but I love that you attracted all of the the Etsy people. And I think that I think that Pinterest is perfect for Etsy. So like I I really got geek geeked out about Pinterest about a blog that I still have, but I don't add to anymore. But I used to it used to be like my primary thing years ago. And being able to use back then um group boards just completely blew up my blog. It was awesome. And then um I did I did for my, when I had a handmade Etsy shop, now I do print on demand, but when I had a handmade Etsy shop, I marketed my stuff on Etsy and I got some traffic from there. But I mean, I'm thinking about you, like that first project doing bows, that would have been the perfect product to test, to be like learning how to sell on Pinterest. So I think digital products and our handmade, I don't know, I'm going to be playing with um, Pinterest for my print on demand shop, like one day when I have the extra time to devote to it. Um, But like, for example, for for my podcast, I promote my, I have a little hair in my microphone. On my podcast, I I promote the episodes on Pinterest, but I don't see a whole lot of traffic come from there. So it seems more like the service-based stuff isn't as effective. Um, so anyway, I just think like Etsy shops have a huge opportunity on Pinterest. Yes, absolutely. And oh my gosh, Lizzie, I was talking to, she is the sweetest person ever and she has Um, She's working on becoming a Pinterest manager. This is kind of like a new side of my business, and I don't want to go off on a tangent about this, but I not only teach people how to market on Pinterest, 
but I also offer done for you services. But then I'm also now helping um, women and mainly moms, honestly, who want to become Pinterest managers. And I had somebody email me and she was, you know, like, I'm trying to make this work and I'm having trouble finding clients. And I know for myself, even when I was a social media manager, even doing, you know, offering virtual assisting, like general services that I think that first, it's almost like a milestone getting that first client. It can feel like who, who's going to want to pay me for this? You know, it's just kind of intimidating and it feels like you're never going to get that first client. So anyways, she emailed me and I was more than happy to, you know, talk with her. And one thing that was really interesting that she told me though, and this is where Etsy's going to be <laughs> pulled into this thought is that she said that she had taken another course and that it was a wonderful course. But one thing that they had taught was that because you can't claim your Etsy shop on Pinterest anymore, it's not worthwhile to market on Etsy and huh. you should not target Etsy shop sellers because it doesn't make a lot of sense for them. So that's a pro tip for your audience in case they haven't realized it's honestly been like that for a while. So whether you've been on Pinterest and your Etsy shop owner, or you're looking to start your Etsy shop, I'm sure you have, you know, a mixture of people in your audience, yeah. but you can't, at one point you could claim your Etsy shop on Pinterest and you could also claim your Instagram and YouTube. You can't claim any of those anymore. And I think that's unfortunate. And I have to be totally honest and say, I don't really know why they did away with that other than the standpoint that maybe they want to discourage people from sending people to those places. But one thing I would say out of, especially I get Instagram, but with Etsy, you know, that's just kind of a theory I had, but that really for Etsy though, it's, I feel like Pinterest is still a no brainer because it's like, yeah, I don't know why it would matter. Yes. If you want people to go to, if you want more sales, and you want more visibility, Pinterest is a great way to be discovered. I mean, I know myself, this was like two weeks ago, I was trying to find um, like a personalized gift for somebody. And I literally bought these handmade bracelets off of Etsy for my mother-in-law. They had like my girl's names on them and she like Aww. loved them, but I found it on Pinterest. So I, I mean, I've bought off of Pinterest and I just think it's, I mean, like I said, even if you don't have a blog or whatever, I still think like if you want people to find you and get that visibility, I feel like Pinterest is a no brainer. So, you know, all that's to say when that person was telling me that I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I, I think that Pinterest makes a lot of sense for Etsy shop owners. So that was one thing that like, if people have heard that thrown around, I mean, as somebody who's been doing Pinterest, you know, for multiple years now, I, like I, I could not, in the kindest way, I could not disagree with that more. <laughs> hey there, How to Sell Your Stuff fam. Real quick, I want to make sure you guys know about my most popular free resource that's waiting for you over on my website. Seriously, thousands of people have downloaded this puppy because it's so packed with meaty tips to help you get more sales in your Etsy shop. So first of all, just a little background, or this won't mean much to you at all, but in case you don't know my story, when I first started my Etsy shop in 2016, I had been blogging for a while and had built a decent following on Facebook. We did a nursery reveal for some DIY reclaim wood signs that my husband built and we painted with homemade stencils. <laughs> so cringeworthy now. And a few of my followers were like, oh my gosh, those are so cute. They're so rustic. Where can I buy those? And so as you can imagine, the wheels were just turning in my entrepreneurial little mind. With my baby, I wasn't going to be able to continue the social media consulting work that I've been doing because I was constantly 
on these team calls and needing to do hours and hours of deep focused work. And it just wasn't going to fly. And I really wanted to be present with my daughter. So that's how I ended up on Etsy. And I decided to try and sell Reclaim Wood signs. It was the height of the farmhouse craze. So just imagine, like, thank you to the lovely Joanna Gaines, everything farmhouse, everything painted wood. And I thought with my blog followers, I might just have a bit of a leg up. But I was wrong. <laughs> I was dead wrong. I put in the hours. I got my first round of products fo ready, photographed, meticulously put together my listings, clicked publish, and absolutely nothing happened. And I think I made $60 total in the first few months because of my blog followers. And then it was like absolute crickets. So like you may feel if you're just getting started and not seeing results yet, I was confused and definitely a bit discouraged. I for sure thought that I was onto something and I didn't know at all why it wasn't working. <laughs> but the thing about a true-blooded entrepreneur is that we ultimately see business like a puzzle to solve, right? Like we find ways to make it fun. And we're a little bit stubborn and determined to just figure it out. As I always like to say, thanks to the book and phrase coined by Marie Forleo, everything is for figure outable. And so I dug my heels in and started studying everything I could find about making sales on Etsy. I studied the competition. I poured through best selling listings all over the internet. I took an Etsy course and I started testing things. And lo and behold, by about six months, I was making more and more and more sales. Like I just keep learning and tweaking and growing and testing until it started to work. And I built my monthly income to $6,000 plus per month. Like there were even months when I would hit 10, 11 or 12K. And it was the best feeling ever. Like if you can just kind of put yourself in that moment where like you figure it out and you start really making the money. So full circle, back to that free resource that started this whole conversation. When I moved into the Etsy coaching space, I sat down and I wrote out everything that I had done to create results, like all the changes and tweaks I made that turned into more and more sales. And from that, I wrote the first rendition of my Etsy course, Listings That Sell. So I had somewhere to house like all of the details. And I created a free PDF outlining four major strategies I used so that I could help someone new or struggling to at least get started without having to invest in a course, right? So that PDF is called the four strategies I used to grow my Etsy shop from 25 to 6,000 plus per month. And it is by far my most popular, most downloaded freebie. You can absolutely check it out. The link is in the show notes for you. And I hope it gets your wheels turning and helps you start to move the needle in your Etsy shop in the direction of your goals. So grab it today and I cannot wait to hear about your takeaways. Yeah, I don't, I mean, like, here's the thing. I And I guess I've never studied a whole lot about why the claiming of the website would matter or if it would promote your pins more or anything like that. But I mean, like real quick, what does it mean? So I know, so to, to claim your website, it's just on Pinterest where you can say, yeah, I'm the owner of this actual site, but what advantage does it give you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I just actually, I'm like revamping my course right now. And I recorded a lesson about this. And essentially what you do when you are claiming your domain, you do have to take a little piece of code and you have to install it on the back end of your website in the header script. Okay. And it sounds kind of complicated or technical, but it's really, it's pretty easy. And Pinterest now they've added additional support when you're doing it to guide you through that as well. So as I'm doing this tutorial in my lesson, I'm like, Pinterest actually, you know, you could figure it out, but some people kind of like additional handholding. And, you know, like I said, it is a little bit more technical, especially if you don't have like a web developer or something. But uh, Pinterest then, they do have, when once you have confirmed your domain, you have that little bit of code installed on the back end of your um, account. And then 
you'll see when you go to your profile, you'll see your link and then there's a little globe next to it. And it just means that that is your claim domain. And this is my thoughts on it. When Pinch, once you have installed that, your pins are, I do believe, indexed. So kind of like, you know, okay. filed away or stored, saved by Pinterest a little bit different. Um, they mm -hmm. have more information about your business and your website. And I do find that pins that are directed to that confirmed domain do typically perform better. I think that sometimes okay. when it's to that third party, like Etsy or Instagram, um, you can't, people have asked me that you, there's no way to claim them now since Pinterest doesn't allow you to, but, um, yeah, I also there'd be nowhere to insert the code on your Etsy shop, like from a technical yeah. side on Etsy. Now that makes perfect sense because I used to—I know my site before was my Etsy shop before was claimed, but there would be nowhere you could put the code. But it sounds like analytics. Do you know what this makes me think of, Emily? So on Etsy, um, there's this option where we can put a listing video on our listings and not just have like you know freezed pictures, but add a listing video. And when you do that, you're indexed a little differently, and you do get a little bit of benefit in the feed. But to me, that doesn't mean you don't have an Etsy shop if you can't do listing videos. You know what I'm saying? Like there's still so much advantage to being, to, to having the shop and doing it. You can still, you can still do great. So I don't know. I don't, I, I'm seeing what you're saying. It's probably more about analytics than anything else and a tiny bump on performance. Yes, absolutely. I think that if you're, if you're seeing, whether it be directing to teachers, pay teachers or Etsy or whatever third party platform, I, another thing that I think about is not that Pinterest is necessarily like keeping, you know, purposefully keeping your pins from being, you know, distributed. But sometimes somebody, if they see that it's especially like for my teachers, pay teachers, clients, if they see that it's to a listing and they're not ready to buy, then that can also keep people from, you know, leaving Pinterest to go. They're like, eh, well, I'm not ready to buy right now either. So that's also kind of my theory. Um, but one thing that's interesting that when you were talking about like the videos and that you might get a little bit of bump, but that's not a reason to know, you know, not utilize Etsy. I was thinking about some, one of my clients that I'm thinking of in particular, one of her top performing pins is a pin that goes to Flowdesk and it is for a free opt-in and, um, it's, performs well like year over year and it's going to a place where she's building her email list which you know if you have if you've utilized email marketing then I mean that should be equating into you know money for your business so that's huge and it's not to her she has a confirmed domain on Pinterest it's it's but that pin is going to Flowdesk which obviously once again you know you can't confirm that so yeah that's so interesting okay we're going, we're, this is so much fun. I need, I'm like, we're going to need, we're going to need a part two. Um, I'm, this, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, and I, and guys, I hope y'all are having fun. I know this is more technical than the normal, but Emily, let's spend some time. If you don't mind on some of the changes that are happening on Pinterest, because we had Kate all come on the podcast at the end of last year and we got some good information, but like some things have changed. So can you tell us what's happening in the Pinterest space this year? Yeah. So, um, actually around that time and, um, I have to be honest, I'm not sure if I listened to that episode. So I'm like, I don't know if Kate gave you any teasers on this or not. But, and this was kind of like, for some people, it kind of felt like the Pinterest was like pulling the rug out from underneath you, me in particular. So I was given access to the Creator Rewards program last year. And I felt oh like gosh. one of the lucky ones. Yeah. And so no lie, I had some pins that made me like one pin, like between like, five to $700. And I'm like, 
it seriously took me all of like five minutes to create. It almost felt like silly. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I feel like this is wrong. <laughs> and so it was, it was incredible though. And I, I really did feel like this is, this isn't going to last. Like, I don't see how this is sustainable for Pinterest. And I think that they created the creator rewards, obviously, to give people an incentive to create idea pins. So, you know, mm. kind of, I don't want to get too technical or, you know, I don't want people's eyes to glaze over here, but a little bit of history. I think that Pinterest, you know, originally created idea pins because they were really trying to keep up with TikToks, Reels. Mm -hmm. It's essentially, they really wanted people to create short form video. But creators everywhere were like, why Pinterest? Because they didn't give us links. So like we've talked about, Pinterest is a traffic driver. So pinners are very used to, and this is what makes Pinterest so incredible. People are very used to finding a pin and leaving Pinterest. We have trained them to leave the platform. Instagram, they want you to stay on Instagram. TikTok, they want you to stay on TikTok. So it's great for visibility and people do see sales, obviously, obviously from these places. But Pinterest is so powerful because people are used to leaving. And so we've trained them in that way. So with idea pins, it was very weird for business owners. It was weird for pinners consuming that content because they're like, wait, I, I want more. So then Pinterest was like, no, no, no. They were originally called story pins, renamed them idea pins. And they were like, the whole purpose is to share a conceptualized idea. Don't make your audience feel like they have to leave the platform. And then creators are like, okay, Pinterest, but like, what's in it for us? And so yeah, why? Impressions, <laughs> yeah, it's like impressions and saves, they might help the, like your stats on Pinterest, but they're not paying the bills, right? <laughs> so that's when around, I would say maybe, I think that story pins were originally released. I want to say, was it the fall of 2021? Then spring of 2022, they announced creator rewards. And that was that was really their way to pay business owners and encourage them to create the idea pins. Fast forward to last year. <laughs> that's why I'm like, I don't know what you and Kate talked about. Um, after they did, I would say it was really like beta for those April to April to December. It was probably in total around seven months because they cut it off at the beginning of December. No warning, nothing. And I was making like $2,000 a month from the creator awards. <gasps> to me, that's a lot of money. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what your audience, like some people don't think that's maybe a lot of money. I don't know. But to do very little work. Now, I say that, and I was publishing an idea pin a day, which they do take some time wow. in total. But um, so, yeah, they they sent us an email. That's one kid like, in daycare, right, Emily? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Seriously. And so they were like, yeah, we're, we're done with the Creator Rewards program after the beta testing we've decided. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, you blew your engine out, Pinterest. Like you were paying people too much. I think it made sense. But honestly, the ROI was not there for Pinterest. I don't know if they thought like this flood of new content was going to like exponentially increase usage, people on the platform. And then when you think about it, they want to keep people on the platform because they're public now. They have skin in the game and people are seeing ads. So it's like a whole thing that they're probably considering. So anyways, when they announced that, they knew people were going to be unhappy. And so they gave people what they had originally been asking for. And that was links for idea pins. And so December 2022, they said, we're doing away with creator rewards. 
don't lose your minds. They didn't really say that, but we will give you links for your idea pins. And that's a way to, you know, share more about that idea and that inspiration with your audience. Essentially, they're like, we're giving you what you've asked us for. But uh, January rolls around, February rolls around, no links, no links. And so <laughs> yes. finally, in April, people started discovering that, and I noticed this, when I published a pin, I could go back and edit it and add a link. But I couldn't add a link when I first published it just for my idea pins. So it was kind of like a hack. And I made a whole YouTube video about it. <laughs> I and bet. We then, love lazy coders. Yes. And then like a month later in May, this is like, I would say probably the biggest change on Pinterest. They announced that they were doing away with individual pin formats and that everything would just be under all pins. So whether hmm. you were creating an idea pin, a video pin, or a standard pin, like a static image, everything was going to be under this one umbrella. All pins you could link. Um, you could add, and they were encouraging people to monetize via product tagging, which you can tag your Etsy products. Um, so that, so for people who might not understand what that means, when you click on a pin, and especially for a video, I could actually edit certain parts of the video. And let's say it's like towards the end and people are like, this is a really cool product. Towards the end, like the last 15 seconds, I would show like, I would have the product tagged and it makes it kind of a big sticker on there. And then people, instead of even having, they could just click on that picture that's tagged and then it would take them to like the Etsy listing. And it was great for, especially because when we didn't have links for idea pins yet, we had been able to tag products for a while, but only certain right. ones like Shopify. Um, those yeah, like Amazon. It was really specific, right? Yeah, yes. that was so weird. And you could tag affiliates, but people have gotten themselves in trouble too with tagging affiliates and things. Yeah. So, but Etsy was one where you could, and that was kind of nice for Etsy shop owners because when a lot of people couldn't direct. Um, so that was a strategy I had really leaned into for my Etsy shop owners was to with idea pins, I'm like, you know what? We can still, we can monetize these because we can tag our products. But um, now everybody has links. And essentially, Lizzie, the the whole point was that pins wouldn't have these like idea pins were like a whole thing in themselves with all these unique features, stickers, music, just lots more functionality than other pins. And now Pinterest was kind of like leveling the playing ground. But here's where it's confusing. I still see idea pins on my account. I see them on my client's account. And the weird thing is, is I have still been creating pins under that specific format. And my idea pins still perform better than my other pins. Now, maybe not everybody. And I've also had people on Instagram message me being like, when Pinterest announced that change, I know that there was glitches with analytics. There was glitches with followers. And a lot of people saw their stats go down. But the thing that's so weird is, not weird, it's normal actually. Q2 is just across the board. It's a lower traffic time for Pinterest. So yes. I'm like, they made an update and it's a lower traffic time. I'm like, you know, you're getting like a one-two punch here where it's, you know, you can see it decrease. Throughout all of that though, for my account and my clients, I still see idea pins performing better. The thing that kind of stinks is that the idea pins, they, for me, they don't perform as well as they used to before this like 
May 2023 update. So mm-hmm. the the thing that people, I heard other Pinterest strategists, and I have lots of friends who are Pinterest marketers and so know so much. I think that they were really excited. Like they felt like it was like Pinterest 2.0, where we are going to see this like incredible comeback for standard pins and just like the static pins we all knew and loved. And I have yet to experience that. I know that you had mentioned like, you know, back with your blog and being in group boards and, you know, things kind of exploded. You know, I, I don't see things taking, it just takes time, but that's kind of, I feel like the way it's been since I started marketing on Pinterest, I do not know what it was like six, seven years ago. I've been marketing on Pinterest for the past like four, four and a half. Oh, harder so, years, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where the years that probably I'm, I'm one of the people who like a huge pillar for my content is like <laughs> why you should market on Pinterest, why you should not throw in the towel on Pinterest. So <laughs> I'm like, this was. I feel like you, you, you and your audience just got so much information that you maybe did not even need. So I'll stop talking no. and see see what your thoughts are. Hey guys, are you in the print-on-demand niche on Etsy? I know a ton of you are either already working in it or you're fascinated by this niche, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend Heather, who makes $15,000 per month selling print-on-demand in her Etsy shop. And wait for it, she's helped her students as an Etsy coach build five-figure and beyond print-on-demand businesses through her absolutely phenomenal free and paid trainings. Seriously, guys, her courses are so good. I bought her flagship course myself. (laughs) Imagine if you made $100 plus a day with minimal effort, had the potential to quit your nine to five and be your own boss, stopped trading your time for money and instead work when you want to, get 10 to 20 plus sales a day organically from a store you began six months to a year ago, have the ability to work anywhere only a few hours a day. This is the beauty and freedom of print on demand that has so many of us extremely excited. Print on demand is only growing and new products are catching on left and right. So let me reassure you, you're not too late for this party at all. If you want to get started with Heather's free POD webinar, how to earn your first $10,000 with Etsy and print on demand, just go to heatherteachespod.com. That's heatherteachespod.com or visit the show notes of this episode. No, well, here's the cool thing. Like the the great thing about this is that we're having we're having the side conversation that is, I think, like, is it going to go over a few folks' heads? Yes, but I've got you, babes, and I'm going to link the original um, episode where I had Tammy from Simple Pin Media, and she literally did like a Pinterest 101. Like, here's some of here's how Pinterest works. I will link that if you are like this has been way over my head, and that's the one to go listen to first. But the cool thing about this, Emily, is that like we're having the conversation that your course can't have, but if people want more information, they want to learn how to do it all the nitty gritty, then, then they go for the course. And that's the way to like, to learn the how, but I think the what conversation is so much more interesting in a podcast format. So no, all of that, I'm, I'm geeking out. Um, again, we're hitting like three of the nine questions that I wanted to ask you today. So I'm going to have to talk about a second part. Um, but (laughs) if you're willing, but, um, 
do you think that it still makes sense to, okay, so I, when we were like in our little 17 minute, like can't stop gabbing chat in the head ahead of time, I looked over at my Pinterest because I'm like, are my idea pin options still there? And it is still there on my, um, on my Pinterest account for this podcast. So that was interesting. Do you think it makes sense for us for as Etsy sellers to keep using the idea pin thing until it's gone? Just, does it seem better to you? So (laughs) I'm sorry. I I do like to be transparent and I wish I could. And it's one of those things too, where Pinterest will change their mind about stuff or depending on who you talk to from Pinterest, like this is so funny. I was talking um, to a somebody from Pinterest last week and I was actually asking them about rich pins and that's a whole nother story for another day. But I got advice from one person on a Tuesday and then I, I, I'm guessing they clocked out. And then on Wednesday, somebody else mm-hmm. opened the ticket back up and they were talking to me and their advice and recommendation and essentially how they were explaining something was totally different. And then I'm like, what? And I wish I could say that I knew every single thing there was to ever know about Pinterest. But, you know, I feel like we can all learn something new every day. And so as far as getting back to your original question about creating the idea pins, I've still been creating them for myself and my clients because I still have it there and because I see in my analytics that they perform better. And I can link them now. So it's, it's one of those things that... Some people never did see great traction with their idea pins. And if it's faster to create fresh content for your static pins and your idea pins never performed well anyways, then by all means, create more static pins. I don't, but I will say, I think, and this is something that I teach and that you will always hear me say, I do think it's a good practice to diversify your content formats. I think that people enjoy short form video. I think especially with um, Etsy products, there's, just so many engaging ways that you can really just show your products and position them. And I think that, like I said, it's a different type of engagement for sure. So for that reason, you know, whether that be formatted as a video pin or an idea pin, and for people who are wondering, with video pins, when I would be creating them, you're essentially uploading them very similar to a standard pin, but it would actually be a video. So it it was, like I said, when you go to create on Pinterest, there's a plus sign. And when you click on that, it'll say idea pin, pin, and board. When you click on the pin, that's where you would upload that video. And the sizing is a little bit different too. So for idea pins, they're like 1080 by 1920. So they're a little bit longer. Whereas with video in static, I would always do 1000 by 1500. And so I think it's one of those things that I, I always would create idea pins, video pins, and standard. Um, I think you could play around. Interestingly enough, I would see great reach from idea pins and static, but some of my clients, it would be video pins that didn't perform as well. So, and then other people are like, oh, my video pins always perform way better. I think it depends mm-hmm. on the type of video. So like Hmm. if you're using stock video, people will use stock video because Canva has video content that you can use for free, but it's, it feels like stock video. Whereas if you have this beautiful way to showcase your handmade product or help somebody visualize, like, let's say it's back to school and like you have the cutest, like back to school, like 
bow and you show how you're doing your daughter's hair and then putting that bow in and it's like it evokes like a different type of emotion you know and um video is just it's a different type of engagement so i think that uh i think that especially with etsy if you haven't leaned into short form video it's worth testing so yes and then you could yeah no okay so first of all emily don't even worry because us etsy people we can't even get a rep to answer us like via chat or something like that it's a freaking miracle to contact anybody and you want to talk about changing things every like 30 seconds that's etsy you're literally speaking our language it's our love language um having absolutely no clue what's going on and no one can answer the question and if they do they tell you something different um so totally fine i know (laughs) and then um Okay. I love that. And I wanted to ask also, I think that was such, such great tips in terms of diversifying our content. Do you think it's a good idea to, to test both like using just the pin, the Pinterest, the link, like how you can link to your shop or you could link to your blog post or whatever on the pin, but then also trying the sticker type of link you were talking about before, like your, um, what was that? What did you call that? Oh, product tagging. Should we do both? Yeah, you for sure can do both. And I think it's one of those things that you can test the performance of each. Um, I know we had kind of, I think this was actually, like you said, we had like quite a a talk before we even hit play. Some things to think about, like when you are, um, when you are creating those product pins. So let's say if you are linking your, your pin to a collection or something like that on Etsy, where it's not directly to the product, then you can write your own pin description. So this is a little bit, once again, a little bit more technical, but just for people to think about so they can save themselves some time. So when you are linking to, so if you're not tagging a product and you're actually like linking to that product, um, it's going to essentially pull that um, metadata from your Etsy shop. So whatever that product description is on Etsy, which I know that you teach your students because you're the Etsy queen about, I'm sure how to write an optimized product description, you know, for Google, for Etsy, for Pinterest, it's going to pull that information, which is obviously, you know, why you want to make that SEO optimized. So just one thing to mention in general. Now for the idea pins, I had always tagged a product and that was prior to being able to link them. So that's why I was always doing that with those yeah. idea pins because you quite literally couldn't add a link. So I think it's one of those things that you could for sure test doing both. Yeah. I have to be honest and say, I'm not sure I can say they are for sure going to perform better if you tag a product. I will say Pinterest does encourage people to utilize that feature though. So from that standpoint, I try to listen to Pinterest too. They also encourage people to tag affiliates because they're trying to help you make money on Pinterest because they know that you're going to keep coming back as a creator if it's bringing you traffic and obviously sales. So um, just something to think about too is that Pinterest does encourage us to monetize Pinterest through product tagging. So from that standpoint, I do think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and like I said, I really utilize that, especially with videos. And it's kind of cool because you could edit out like certain points in the video. So like maybe after you've engaged them and hooked them in, then you're showing them like that can be like the call to action to go to, you know, that product listing. And when they're already watching that video, it makes it so easy to just like click on that picture. Yes, make that as easy as possible. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, so if you guys need to re- like rewind three minutes and listen to that again, because that was full of gold dust. I loved it. 
Emily, I'm like looking at the time and I'm just like, wow, I need, I like, we need to take a okay. girl's trip because I got too much I got to talk about. Can you please tell us about your resources? Like what, what do you have available that can help us um, grow our Etsy shops on Pinterest? Tell us about your course and then where we can find you and connect. And I will link everything in the show notes for everybody. Oh yeah. So on most of my handles, I think the one that's different because I have a personal one, but then I also have my business one. So on Instagram, I'm emily.veils, but then on TikTok, YouTube, obviously I'm on Pinterest. They're all Emily Veils. Um, I think my Pinterest might be Emily J Veils, but in all of the places. And I have different, you know, YouTube videos specifically over Etsy and Pinterest, obviously, uh, on YouTube. And that's always a great place to go. Uh, blog posts as well. And then if you are like, okay, I want, you know, step-by-step, step, I have some different resources. I have my signature course. It's called Pinterest Marketing Magic. I'm actually totally revamping it right now. So I did a live launch in July, which was really excited. But after that, because I am rolling out the new content module by module to my current students, the doors are technically closed right now. So it's a wait list for that, but it's going to be launching again this fall. But at least you know then that literally the entire thing will be updated. But if you're like, okay, I need more now. I do have a few different workshops over like SEO, Pinterest ads, and then a um, I have a PDF that is a great place to get started. It's very foundational. It's called my three-step system for automated sales on Pinterest. And it's one of those things that's, like I said, it's just teaching you Pinterest foundations and it doesn't really matter what your niche is. Um, it's focusing on consistency keywords and building that um, solid foundation on Pinterest. So those are the places you can find me. And if you just want to talk, you can send me a direct message. I like to help people and um, yeah, serve them with their Pinterest needs. So you're Wonder Woman with those three babies over there and all this stuff that you're managing. I don't know how you do it. I also don't know how I do it, but I really don't know how you do it. Oh, I think that I think that about you. I'm like, we were talking to about being and doing all of the things. And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, I started the YouTube, but I've been wanting to open an Etsy shop. And I'm like, I would love to have the podcast one day. I'm like, there's, there's not enough hours in the day. I try to use my time well, but um, I have to say, I have utilized help within my own business. I have somebody who I actually know from high school that she's been on my team with me for a couple of years now. So that's, that was, that's been a game changer to have somebody who can do some things that are not my area of expertise, like design, like web design. <laughs> so oh, nice coding, but, coding. Yes, yes. But thank you. Um, I want to thank you so so much, Lizzie, too, for having me. And I know that you know you've built this audience, and they trust you, and that you're allowing me to come to your space and talk to your community. So I appreciate that. I can't tell you how um, happy you've made me with my decision to bring you. You have been awesome. Um, you never know who you're meeting on the internet. And I try to like vet people as much as I can because I, I will I will protect my people to the death. But um, you are a delight. I'm, I hope this is the beginning of a wonderful friendship. And just I thank know. you so much for spending time with us today. I'm totally <laughs> geeking out. It's awesome. Yes. Thank you so much again. I've really, I've really enjoyed it a lot. So like you said, hope it's the start to a great friendship. Yes. So guys, go check Emily out. Also, I need to tell you right now, in case you're just doing the audio version, she spells her, 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 her mom spelled her name E-M-I-L-E-E, -E -E, which is gorgeous, but you're not going to find her if you type in E-M-I-L-Y. So it's E-M-I-L-E-E. -E. Go find her right now on Instagram. And until next week, you guys go make something awesome. I love y'all so much. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. 
thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.